Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today is another bite-sized episode and another one from one of you lovely listeners. Now this listener is asking about making the difficult decision about whether to go into an inpatient treatment facility for an eating disorder on a voluntary basis. So this is when the treatment team are not forcing this person to go into treatment they are sort of putting their decision in the person's hands to try and make the best decision for them. And um, hopefully, I think, with the intention that if the person does take up this admission place, that it will be a bit of a fast track to recovery. So this is a great question and something I haven't ever really talked about on the podcast before. So I'm going to share some of my thoughts on this. So before I jump in, I want to just say that I'm based in the UK working as a therapist and I have worked for an adult eating disorder service in Cambridge year for a large part of my career and this has included um, working within the inpatient um, treatment facility there at different points. Although predominantly I have always worked with outpatients but I have worked with several people who have been either going into the inpatient facility and then I've sometimes worked with people when they're on the ward and sometimes then followed up with them when they've come out. So I'm sharing thoughts. This is no substitute for medical advice and it's always best to work closely with the professionals who are supporting you and hopefully understand the specifics of your situation best. Now I think what is really great um, in this situation and what this listener is describing is that it is actually very good practice for individuals where possible to be able to opt into inpatient treatment rather than going under coercion or being forced. Now, obviously, there may be some exceptions to this and sometimes life-saving decisions have to be made. Maybe if someone has become so unwell, they just haven't got the capacity to make that decision and, um, you know, they almost have to go in. Um, with, you know, not being able to kind of make that active opt-in decision. But I think in almost like 98, 99% of cases, it's so much more preferable if people can actually opt in to do that. If you are opting in, you're having some choice and autonomy in making the decision. And that's going to be so much more beneficial for enhancing your motivation for change and also helping you think about your personal choices along the recovery road. Now, I'm talking about this as well, as though there is great choice and availability of inpatient beds. Now, I know that in the UK, this is often not the case. And even if you opt into treatment, you may have a considerable wait before a bed is even available. So this is not ideal for motivation or managing expectations, but it is often the reality. So... Discussing this question, I think what's quite helpful first is to think about what an inpatient facility may offer in comparison to being supported as an outpatient in the community. Again, I'm talking about my kind of knowledge of the service that I've worked in and also in the UK. 
So when you go into hospital for eating disorder treatment, it is usually an intensive program. So in some cases, you might have the option of daily treatment programs where you can go home and sleep in your own bed at the end of the day. But in most cases, if you're opting into hospital treatment, you will generally be living on a specialist ward in a hospital. You may have your own room where you sleep at night and have some time for yourself during the day. However, your time and energy will be structured and focused around recovery. So this will include your meals and snacks throughout the day. And you will also tend to have therapy groups, recreational groups, quiet time, communal areas for support and spending time with other patients. And to begin with, you might not be permitted much time, if any, off the ward. But as your admission progresses, you normally get increased quantities of time off the ward. And this is to support you in navigating more independence around food and decision making. So when you're in hospital, you're normally supported by a multidisciplinary team made up of different professionals, including psychiatrists, dietitians, psychological therapists, art therapists, occupational therapists, nurses, and more. And if I've left any profession out, let me know. <laughs> Units will vary in size, and the unit I was familiar with had usually between about 8 and 14 people on the ward at the same time. And in the UK, generally people are put together with the same diagnosis and mainly hospital admissions, at least, again, historically and mainly in the UK, tend to be more for patients with anorexia nervosa. But understand this is quite different in the USA where you can have people with different diagnoses all on one ward together. So I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. I'm just saying that in the UK, it tends to be more sort of inpatient treatment tends to be more focused specifically around anorexia nervosa. Now, inpatient treatment as well is usually longer term treatment. It's unlikely to be less than three months. It's more typically around six months, but it can be longer than this. However, if you have a chronic eating disorder and have struggled for many years and have had many admissions, you can sometimes go in for a sort of top up or brief admission, which might just be a few weeks rather than for the prolonged period. So that's a bit about hospital admission. So I think it's also quite helpful to reflect on what the alternative community support might look like. So again, historically in the UK, community support tended to be the other extreme in terms of intensity. So if you weren't going into hospital, the alternative might be have, having something like one therapy session a week with maybe a bit of extra input from a dietitian. And I think, again, depending on what area you live in, you might have had some sort of nurse input or other professionals as well. So generally, although you were quite supported on some level in the community, the onus is much more on you to make the changes. So most of the week, you'll be making the decisions about your eating and going it more alone and then checking in with your team. And I guess, again, there are pros and cons of this. So back to my listener's original question, what to do? So I think it's a really helpful exercise to really consider your own personal pros and cons of inpatient treatment versus outpatient support. Now, sometimes if you've hit rock bottom, your physical and mental health is in a place where it's very challenging to make wise decisions or to even implement change as starvation has completely overtaken you. Then maybe the intensity of an inpatient admission might be more appropriate. 
Here you have the structure of the program, people on hand 24 hours a day, other people going through the same thing, your food is prepared, you can focus 100% on the matter in hand, sort of weight restoration, improving your health, and it gives you dedicated time and focus for this. If you are in a hole in recovery and an inpatient remission could really propel you out of that hole and give you the tools and momentum to then continue with recovery, or at least a much improved quality of life, then it can be absolutely the right thing. On the other hand, though, an inpatient treatment is not a perfect fix or magic pill by any means. And you might even fantasise about perfect care and escaping life within hospital, being airlifted from your current life and being taken care of and looked after. And sometimes if everything has overtaken you so much, this can feel like the only way out and in some ways a relief and escape from daily life. However, ultimately, eating disorder recovery is about you taking responsibility. An admission can support you, but it cannot fix you. And people often find admissions to be intense, stifling, controlling and a loss of freedom. You will learn valuable recovery skills and meet other like-minded souls, but you also run the risk of learning new eating disorder behaviours from peers becoming dependent on the system and institutionalised, perhaps overly reliant on that internal structure and extra support. But then when you come out, you might not feel able to implement this on the outside unless you have really kind of good outpatient follow-up afterwards. Also going into hospital, you miss chunks of life, which again may be necessary if you really want to focus on your longer-term health and you're not in a place where you can make those changes as an outpatient. But also, you will miss out on experiences with peers. Sometimes study or work opportunities and numerous admissions can leave your identity wedded to the eating disorder and being sick. And this isn't so helpful. Having said this, if you are struggling physically and mentally, the alternative to inpatient may just not feel doable. One weekly therapy session might feel like a drop in the ocean in terms of the intensity of the support you need. The eating disorder may have tangled its web around you so strongly that you feel powerless to change. It may just not feel enough. Having said this, outpatient therapy renders you as the greater responsible agent for change. You will develop autonomy and independence and confidence around decision making. You can maintain some quality and normality of life, which can mean that the eating disorder has less impact on your identity. You can maybe continue more easily with work or study or seeing your peers. And these factors can all be very helpful in your motivation for change and creating a life beyond the eating disorder. So as you can see, it is a very complex topic and there is no right or wrong decision here. Ultimately, I think it's important that you're guided by your professional team who know your individual needs and can support you to make a decision that will benefit you most. There are pros and cons of inpatient versus outpatient treatment. I'm very aware that sometimes you might not even have a choice, but I would encourage you to consider your own pros and cons of the different options and to think about the short-term pros and cons versus the long-term pros and cons of different options. Because I guess although an inpatient admission can feel like a huge inconvenience and might be robbing you of a chunk of life, I do know as well many people who have benefited from this and it's propelled them to a whole new level of recovery and has even been life-saving. 
But I also know patients who have been on revolving door admissions for years and this hasn't always been helpful at all. Their identity has become locked within the eating disorder and normal life then becomes scary and daunting. So I hope this has provided some thoughts. Carefully consider what is right for you with the support of your loved ones and your team. Investigate the unique factors about your different support options. And I have talked generally here, but it's going to vary by county in the UK. And it's also going to be different depending on where you are based in the world. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eating disorder therapist.co.uk. If you're looking for individual therapy, I do have quite a long waiting list at the moment, but you might be interested in my online course. It currently has 50% off at the moment and it has 29 lectures and 25 videos all supporting you to heal your relationship with food, overcome disordered eating and it's called 10 Steps Towards Intuitive Eating. If you enjoy this podcast I would be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today. And thank you to all the lovely comments from people that I get on Instagram and to my emails. I really appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.